everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm James, and I am one of your hosts. Ooh, faked myself out there. Okay, and I'm Colin, and I'm one of your other hosts. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. That's right, Colin. And it is the last episode where we see Red Skull in the majority of the uh, scene. For, and it's the last time we see Red Skull forever. Quote, unquote. Right, quote, quote, unquote, quote, unquote. Spoiler. That people have definitely probably seen that movie by now. Yeah. Um, so that means this is the last episode for Captain America, the first Avenger, that we're going to have as our guest, James Red Skull Maven, Whoa, Bone Licker. James. W. Bone kicker, bone liquor. You got a bone, bone, I'll do I'll do whatever ER verb you need. It's fine. Bone driven. That that song by Bush. It's a it's a deep cut. Um I, yeah, I gotta be careful about bones and bushes. Yeah. <laughs> um so James. Yes. Tell me. Yes. Would you like to know what happens? Where are we? Yeah, at? Well, here's where we are. Yeah. Here's where here's where we are. Captain America, first Avenger, one hour, forty two minutes, twenty three seconds. We're going to end at one hour, 45 minutes, and 10 seconds. Previously on Timeline Scavengers, Captain America works his way from the wheel well of the Valkyrie up to just before the cockpit, beating up soldiers and such. There's a lot more, but we haven't recorded that episode yet. But I know where he starts the last scene, and I know where this scene begins, so it's sort of a reverse engineering thing. Here's what happens. Cap sneaks into the cockpit of the Valkyrie, but there doesn't appear to be anyone there. This keeps happening to him. He sees the Tesseract glowing <laughs> in its cradle. He approaches the captain's chair, but then Schmidt appears behind him with a Zolanator. Cap barely gets his shield up in time. He quickly disarms Schmidt so that they can duke it out old school. At one point, Schmidt has control of the shield. Cap knocks Schmidt directly into the controls, pitching the Valkyrie into a dive. They are now brawling in anti-gravity. Schmidt is able to go over and turn on autopilot, which actually feels sensible. The plane levels off, and Schmidt pulls out his laser pistol. He shoots at him. He, Schmidt, shoots at him, Captain America, while saying the following. You could have the power of God. You could have the power of the gods, yet you wear a flag on your chest and think that you think you fight a battle of nations. I have seen the future, Captain. There are no flags. And Cap replies, not my future. And then Cap flings his shield at Schmidt and knocks him into the Tesseract Cradle. It starts going nuts. Schmidt grabs the cube and just kind of looks at it as a tapestry of space opens up in the air. Schmidt appears to disintegrate into a beam of light and is blasted into space while Cap watches. So, didn't see that coming at the beginning of this scene, did you? Unless you've seen this movie Is this also where the cube then burns through the floor? Uh, No. I think that is in the the next next scene. scene. Okay. Um, cause I think there's a, there's a part where Cap's like, Oh, Oh dang. Oh, duh, oh, 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 geez. And like chases after it, like running across the screen back and forth, mm. like in a cartoon. Um, so before we get into our, uh, very, very, very similar to, uh, the guest gin slash guest and host activity that Colin had us do last time. Oh. Um, any thoughts on this pretty seminal scene, if I may? I realized as someone who has been watching this movie only for the Red Skull scenes that I've seen absolutely zero official 
Steve Rogers until this scene. Oh yeah, like, this is it. Oh yeah, like this yeah. is almost a fifth element where the hero and the villain don't meet. Almost. That's right because we had there there were a couple of hiccups in your Maven uh, duties. Um, and we had Melissa on when the first time that Cap and Red Skull met briefly right. in the Exploding Factory. So yes, uh, this is the first time that you have been seeing that you have seen a scene where they actually uh, interact with a title character, which is which is cool. I was gonna say otherwise I didn't really have a lot of notes. I made mm-hmm. my my uh, Tesseract joke like mm-hmm. I have in my, oh, nice. my name here. Uh, Right. Yes. I I didn't make a lot of notes here. It was it was a okay fight scene. I don't know. I I feel like this was kind of early enough in the MCU that this was kind of unremarkable as a fight scene. I don't know if that's the direction or if it's just the way films were kind of of the era. It's been so long. Like like a year later we got Avengers and right. It yeah. was a lot more epic and kind of, this was just kind of like, yeah, let's, let's punch and shoot I, from across the cockpit. I think that like part of the thing is though, is that there was so much fighting leading up to this moment too, that like that, you know, you didn't get to see because of the way that you're kind of, you know, jumping around through just Red Skull, kind of like quantum leap, but like quantum sculling. Um, mm. And because of that, like, so there's this whole, th- you know, sequence where they're essentially fighting through just seas of people to get to this moment into this fight. Right. So in a way it's like the fight is continuing. It's just that Steve is almost like a video game kind of doing like a dungeon crawl, right. you know, but like, I do totally see how like this final battle between the two of them is very quick. Um, but I also wonder how interesting can you keep it in an, an enclosed space with just two super soldiers? It, it feels like they, it feels both not a lot happens and also they they were going absolutely bananas. Like they're like That's true. I mean they throw each other through yeah. things basically yeah. multiple times. Let's send it into a dive so that gravity loses all anything and so Right. Like they were trying some stuff, but I think you're right. I think that it, there's a limited number of you know, I guess should I hit him again is that well, it's kind of like yeah. Superman fighting Zod. It's like, what are they going to do? Punch each other and fly around? I mean, right. you can right. make it look right. like Superman Two is fine, but like, mm-hmm. right? It's it's not as but interesting. Fighting if like that for ten minutes, yeah. Is yeah. A but if lot. you ha- if you have yeah. more opposites, it might be a more interesting battle. But like, right. yeah, enclosed right. space definitely plays into it too. Because um, I feel like you know that's that's the other thing too. Right? It's like one of the reasons why the hallway scene in Daredevil, mm. which we're not at yet. But one of the reasons why it's like so iconic is that it is kind of the same thing that I'm describing here in a way of like the, the, the crawl essentially yes. where it's one dude and also one shot, which is also what makes it so like oh, beautiful. Yeah. But like he goes through and he's like walking through a hallway and like a couple adjacent rooms and just beating the absolute tar out of these people. Um, and it's just this thing where like they keep coming essentially, but like he remains the same, you know, so it's like, it's, it keeps it interesting because every single one of them approaches him in a different way. Um, or like they, they, they go to attack him in a different way, whether it's with a different weapon from a different angle, maybe two people at the same time. But then once you're at a, a spot in any kind of fight sequence where there's just one person left, you can never really keep that fight just constantly, mm-hmm. 
back and forth, back and forth. Like you do have to have an end to it. And it is interesting that we didn't get a little bit more of Red Skull versus Cap. I kind of almost wish that there was a way for them to have fought um, previously, like off of the plane Mm -hmm. and have some sort of distractor to give Red Skull some time to take off like <laughs> uh like towards the plane and to you know make this big escape and make his big move. Um because like even if it was just one or two more punches or something. I mean like the fact that he picks up the shield for a moment, mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen a little bit more of that for example. Sure. Like what you know, what if they literally split the difference? Like what if he picks up the shield and he picks up the Zolinator? Because Sorry, and Cap picks up the Zolinator yeah. because it's the only thing in the room that can kind of now protect him against probably the only other thing that could actually kill him, which is Zola. I mean, not Zola. I'm sorry, uh, Schmidt. It makes me think of uh, MacGyver. Whenever MacGyver would find himself in possession of a gun because he hates guns, notoriously, mm-hmm. well, famously, uh, he would always go with, I'm going to use this as a club. Like, all, every time. Yeah. In the credits. I, that, I mean, like still, a, that could be fun. Yeah, and so I imagine Cap being like, him picking it up like okay like a sword versus yeah, a shield exactly. yeah it would be very fun yeah. yeah uh yeah no i i i just think though that like in terms of this though yeah it is unfortunate because like you also have so many good fight sequences in winter soldier mm-hmm. um and so like and part of that is again bigger budgets and everything like that but like red skull is like the captain america villain right that's like his iconic villain right. And so it is a shame that we didn't get more fisticuffs with that guy. I wonder if it was also a CGI limitation. Because like I was just thinking about Killmonger and Black Panther and how there's a moment. I love that movie a lot. But there is a moment where I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, so someone hit play on the uh, modeling of this fight because the two CGI characters are just going to go ahead and fight each other. And they look very computery and blah, blah, blah. They couldn't mm-hmm. do that here yet, I don't think. Right. And so you had to have actual like people fighting and again one on one fighting where it's not like Red Skull was trained in mixed martial arts necessarily. But neither was Steve. Exactly. Right? You know, exactly. so it's like But he could have been I think been, a lot of it comes down to Yeah. I think it comes down to a lot of like I think what does make it interesting here is the fact that for all of Steve's fighting that he's been doing He's always been stronger than everyone he's come across. So he's used to being able to like maybe one, two, maybe even a third punch if there's someone like Brick and then they're out. Right. But like with then facing a guy who kind of like him might not be like this like trained dude, but they both just punch with a force that could jellyify anyone's insides. And yet they're going kind of toe to toe. So like an interesting thing of just like, you know, okay, you know what I think would be very fun about this is literally if you took a moment to kind of almost replicate part of the fight that he had in the alleyway Mm. in the very beginning, have all of those moments kind of come back where this guy is kind of overpowering him a little bit. But then this time when he goes for the trash can lid and he finds his shield again, Boom. Then suddenly he's like, no, you know what? I am stronger now. Why am I letting, like, 
I don't have to just take a beating. I can fight back. And then you then you go through the rest of this fight sequence. You're adding what thirty seconds maybe, yeah. but like it'd be fun. You can have to to, to throw that uh, in. Schmidt is in the pilot's chair, and Captain America is talking all sorts of trash about Schmidt, and he stands. And Schmidt up. stands yeah, exactly. Up. And but he's still somehow like go yeah, exactly. He gets thrown through something, and he realizes yeah. he he's he's there's like a step up to to Schmidt, so it's like, oh, oh hold on, oh we're the same height, got it. It's uh, also in the background the whole time you hear like the German version of like the we're going to war against you know the United States of America, but just pretend that this part's German, right? right? Yeah, it's like you know like how would you say, um, great work, little Timmy in German. Um, Fantastisch Arbeit, Timmy Chin, uh, Tim Chin. Tim. Can you say that in your best old timey voice? Fantastisch Arbeit, Tim Chin. <laughs> that exactly. Bane? So, like, that's playing in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're a little Timmy. Yeah. Scott. Yeah. Um, you um, know, this reminds yeah. me of, um, you know, that famous Avengers trailer where it goes around them in a circle? I always laugh at that because it's like Hawkeye has his bow and arrow. Hulk's like, er, Captain America's like shield. Uh, you know, uh, Iron Man's powering up his, his, his palm shooters. And then uh, Black Widow has her gun. And it, Black Widow <laughs> has her gun always cracks me up every time. Because it's like, why is that? That's not going to be the interesting part of this fight. Bang bang, like, and that's not even the interesting part of Black Widow. Like, but right. you have to have her doing. You know, Thor has his doing hammer, something. and you're, and she's like, if she had done like the, something like that and like turned on like the little her stingers, yes, exactly, gauntlet, that would have been. Cool, yeah. but they didn't have the visualization of that yet. Yeah. It was very small, but like, yeah, you're not wrong. It is, but even the bow and arrow thing. I mean, I guess that's all he does right. technically in a way in that fight. But like, I guess it's at it's least just bigger. so I don't know. small. Yeah, it is a really <laughs> tiny little pistol. I mean, it's, it is like it's, it's like someone's. Yeah, I was gonna say. Mm, I'm dainty. It's like a garter, a garter uh, pistol. Um, yeah. Back when they were like really overly sexualizing the character. Do you remember that SNL sketch where they? It was the Black Widow movie. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. of that often, especially when the Black Widow <laughs> movie came out. <laughs> uh. <laughs> James, did you see that one? Are you familiar with that no, one? No, not familiar. It was a it was a rom com. We'll send it to you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I think they said like Marvel Studios because we don't know how to write for women. I mean, which was was yeah. true at the time, and has I will say has improved. I would definitely say it's improved somewhat. tremendously. Yes, I mean, for sure. WandaVision, I felt like was for sure. Way, way, way better than that, anything they'd ever written for a woman. Uh, for sure. That sounds so weird to say in that fashion. It sounds like I'm being like weirdly aggressive about women, but like I, it was I, good I, writing for a woman. Yeah, that's that's why it sounds like I'm saying like for a woman. Right. Not, yeah. Anyway, writing for yeah. yeah. Um, um, hey, let's play a game. You have a you have a game. Yeah, okay. Um, so it's it's de- it's t- timeline scavengers debate time. Here's the topic. Oh, God. Flags. Huh. What are they good for? So here we go. <laughs> Absolutely not. James, uh, pick a number one through ten. Damn. I can't pick 69. Um, six or nine. Let's do six. 
Okay, so here's how I separated them. It turns out that there are five prime numbers and five not prime numbers in one through 10, which is fun. So both six and nine are not prime, so it doesn't matter which one you picked. Uh, I said one, two, three, five, and seven will be primed to take the pro flag stance and the rest will open for anti-flag. So uh, anti-flag is the name of a band okay. and Colin is going to be taking the uh, flags rule stance and James is going to be taking the <sighs> ugh flags, right? Stance. I'll give you some time to prepare your thoughts. Colin, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Listen, flags are absolutely necessary. I'm going to tell you why. Uh, the main thing is, think about races. How do you tell people to go? Oh. Right? Yeah. Okay. You need a flag to let people thought, to know when to right, go. Right. I thought yes, the other thing. I understand yeah, yeah, what you're yeah, saying, yeah. but I'm not bringing it there. That's where you think we're going to go. But also when it comes to races, how do I know what people to you know, fire at on the battlefield, right? If you're touting that other flag, I know, okay, that's the enemy. You don't want friendly fire. That's a terrible thing to have happen. Also, you know, fuck the war. But anyway, uh, but going back to like the fun, more practical everyday thing, the other thing is about flags is, is think about how many queer people would not have wall decor exactly. without flags, exactly. right? Yeah. Think of how many uh, like parades that we would have for good causes, by the way, sure. uh, that would have no flags, like pride, you know, parades, for example. Sure. Um, I'm going to keep going back to pride because I enjoy pride. Uh, right. But also the final thing is, is how could you possibly know that someone is terrible mm -hmm. if you can't see their red flags? Ooh, it's compelling. Therefore, flags are a green flag. Interesting. Okay. I don't see colors flags, colors of flags. So this is really tough for me. Oh, okay. So you're saying all flags matter? Yeah, is that what's happening yeah. here? Or? Damn it, you stole my argument. <laughs> <laughs> all right, James, uh, burn this flag to the ground. Go ahead. Those flags, there's so many shapes, but there's only so many colors, you know? Like... Irish flag isn't that different from half the other flags in the world. Mm -hmm. I just think we all have to have either one flag or no flags. And since I'm anti-flag here, then no flags. Yeah. We'll yeah. save so much nice, soft material for other things like underpants, underpants, Underpants. More underpants. I mean, like so many pairs of underpants, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. dozens and dozens. And I'll feel good. I'll feel nice. I'll feel fresh. All because we don't have any more flags. All right. I, wow. I guess you could say James is a flag smasher. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. And that's a Falcon and the Winter Soldier reference that we won't get to for very long. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Basically a part of the 1940s on Timeline Scavengers. We bring it up often. Um, All the for time. No, I mean, like, it's not a surprise, but no, it is. But we do bring it up, actually, up, a lot. Right. Um, okay, cool. Well, the winner was um, America. So <laughs> you, you, you oh, judge that. Yeah. America <laughs> Chavez. Oh, who are you booing okay, now? Yay. Oops. Yay. Yeah. That's, the, that's the correct America. 
Exactly. Okay. Well, that's it. That's uh, <laughs> that was an, a, a thrilling debate of great. I think the winner is our friendship times <laughs> and uh, and our fans. Good times, great tangents. So, um, good times, great tangents. Absolutely. So all the way. What? What? Can we make a timeline scavenger shirt that looks like a 1990s radio station logo? No. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Great. All right. Well, that's the 1990s or like 1930s. Oh. oh no, like 1990s, like uh, like you know, Kiss 107.3, and it looks like it's like. Hey, I know Kiss 107.3. Yeah. They're in my area too. Yeah. We. I was about to go into radio stations and and channels, and that's not that's not necessary. Colin, do you want to throw for that a little while? It was also you can go BCN. Yeah, at one point, it was also Mix 107.3 as well. Yeah. At one point, Mix 107.3 is what I was Mix. thinking of. Kiss is not. 107.3. I believe I believe yeah. our local KISS station was 95.5. I believe it was an R&B station. And then 103.1, I think, was also... That's PCN, isn't it? Something. Maybe not. 104.1 was Z104 for a while. Yes, and then Z104. Up in Maryland, the one, you had HFS, and I couldn't get HFS. I'm now thinking because of the... Which one was that? The 99.1 WHFS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We had yep. DC 101, of course, but... Right. Also, oh yeah, and of course, one hundred one point one. Right, one hundred one point one is what hosts the kerfuffle uh, thing, isn't it? Yes. Who hosts kerfuffle? Is that one hundred three or one hundred one? One hundred one. One hundred. I don't know what one hundred three point one is. I believe that's that's the BCN uh, frequency back in the day. BCN not being a thing anymore. Th- this is such great audio for. All of our fans and also for we James. If I may, could, uh, talk uh, about 103.5, 103.9, The Edge out of uh, I Wal- love The Edge. New York. I heart our social media accounts. So I heart at Timeline Scav, which is this podcast. Mm-hmm. I heart at Scavengers Net, which is, the sca- uh, which is the Scavengers Network that we are part of. I mean, that is what we're a part of, but that's the podcast network that we're a part of. I heart my own account because i post uh some very funny things and then sometimes it's like i'm back in middle school and i'm like here's a little bit of angst because i've been ghosted or whatever you know uh you can follow me at colin m parker i gotta edit that probably uh you can follow and heart james's uh account which is at which which one (laughs) sorry anderson sorry um you can uh, follow me at unabashed James. Colin, I'd request you say heart on for the next question. Go ahead. Damn. Okay. Uh, and you can I heart on uh, for our guest James, which you can find him at. Yes, uh, you can find me at James underscore librarian. It's mostly nonsense, horny tweeting, and occasionally drunk sad posting. So get right on board with five hundred other idiots. Five <laughs> hundred. It's, wow. it's getting up there. I Wait think. Wait a minute. I, I could be wrong. It might be four hundred. It feels like a god awful number of people that follow me and don't ever interact, which is you know, just the way of yeah. Five hundred forty two followers. I don't know why. Some people just want to hear about how horny I am, which let me tell you, a lot. Always, always. I'm currently at seven thirty three, and I need way more. So. You should be hornier. Hornier on Maine. It's it's got me everywhere I need to be. I have five ninety eight, and that is not a flex on anyone. It is two away from six hundred. That's all I'm saying. That's pretty good. So give both of them and me more. Uh, listen, there's one more person though that you should uh, heart. Oh. 
because I certainly do. And it's Nick, it's Nick Bramald, the guy who made the music that you hear at the beginning and the end of this show, who you can find at N-B-R-A-M-A-L-D or nickbramaldcomposer.co.uk. That is going to do it for us on this episode of Timeline Scavengers. Thank you so much for joining us, James and James and Colin, and all of our fans. JJC. We'll see you next time. As always, I'm Colin. I'm James. I'm new James. Excelsior? The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.